You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcast. Hi, this is Bradley Morgan from Chirp Radio, and I'm at Bottom Lounge with Alex and Cal from the art pop indie rock band Rubble Bucket, based out of Brooklyn. Hello. Hi. Hello, Bradley. So your new record, Sun Machine, just came out over the summer in August, a whole 10 years after your debut, Rose's Dream. What do you think you've learned from that last decade for this record? Hmm. I think that more than anything, having the privilege to pursue music as a job and as a, you know, a hobby and a hobby that gives us activities to do day in and day out. We get so many lessons. And one of the big ones I think for me is just the power of creativity as a healing force in life as individuals and as a group and, you know, learning how to solve problems and think outside the box and like all of those are lessons found in making art. I'm really thankful for it, and I have gratitude. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely a job, but it's something that we love doing. And in the past 10 years, I think we started out with Rose's Dream. We were children, and we're like, we're grown up now. So I feel like I spent my formative years just like under, like learning about life. You know, because we started the band pretty soon after we graduated college, so yeah. When I was listening to The Sun Machine, I was really struck by all the different styles, uh, all the different musical styles on the record. But uh, the track Lemonade was the most distinct for me because it had, unlike the other songs, it had an early jazz 90s R&B feel to it. Where did you pull from for that track? I mean, I pulled it from the ethers, you know, like I, I was in a songwriting zone. I was writing every single day for weeks, and it was... Right, it was after Cal and I broke up, and it was a period of a lot of sadness and catharsis via writing. And I didn't know what I was writing for, if it was for Rubble Bucket, or if it was for Kimbra, or if it was for who knows what. You know, I ended up starting a whole new project, uh, but I didn't plan on doing that. Uh, I don't know, I just liked those chords. And I feel like when we were laying down the saxes, when we were making the thing, we were channeling kind of like a Duke Ellington, Count Basie sort of vibe with some of the harmony stuff. But uh, I wrote the song and then added the beat. I just wanted to do something that would serve the song. So you mentioned Duke Ellington and Count Basie. Was that who you were listening to when you were creating that track? Definitely not. I don't actively listen to a ton of music. It's not like a recreational thing beyond like drone and like ambient music you know and then then occasionally like like some party music or whatever but um that's just part of cal and i's thing cal can speak to count basie yeah i i mean i grew up listening to a lot of that kind of music especially count basie i just happened to have a uh, count basie cd that somehow i oh i know how i got it i was on a band trip to boston which was a big deal for us at the time and we uh what, I got $20 in my pocket. Some, I think my parents gave me $20 to spend on the trip, and I bought a Count Basie CD. Uh, it was like collection greatest hits. But uh, those colors of music, really like big, sassy, brassy, fun, were always the things that attracted me the most. And like jazz 
was in that, but so was Beck, and so was Coolio, and like, I don't know, the, um, pretty just following our ears a lot of the time. I want to go back to something you said earlier about music being a job. Um, your music has been appearing in a lot of interesting ad campaigns, such as uh, Nintendo Switch and Chanel. Um, has that helped you expand your fan base, and what has that experience been like? I don't know how many fans we've actually gotten from doing that, but what it, <clears throat> one thing it has really done very easily, identifiably, is it's helped us keep creating you know it's been like a financial boost that has enabled us to just keep um writing more and more music yeah and just to clarify it's i just wanted to i said job because cal said hobby but i did for, for me it's not something that's ever been a choice like i have to make music and yeah before that before the nintendo thing we were living month by month you know on like, are we going to make rent this month? You know, um, so it really helped us be able to spend more time working on music. I remember crying when I got the first check. I actually cried. I was like, I'm getting paid for music. I've been doing it for so long. This is going to be a question specific for Cal. Um, Google has used your music for their Women Tech Makers initiative, and uh, though the music and tech industries have made improvements in being more inclusive, there's obviously still a lot of work that has to be done. Is this something that you're actively participating in? I would say I am actively participating in it. The The main way is just by being here and becoming a technician myself and leading by example and, and working with as many women as I possibly can across all fields and disciplines when we're, when we're making our craft. And yes, just hiring women and paying women and have keep finding with activism over and over again, it's, it seems like the most profound changes happen at a micro level inside our own minds and you know inside our own intentions uh, yeah I'm just so excited to be seeing these big changes happening because I know in my heart how amazingly talented women are and people of color and just such a diverse range of brains have kind of been left out of problem solving across all fields and I think our world is going to be a better place when more diverse brains are able to participate on a broader more mainstream level. Definition of aura is for you? For me, it's just my nervous system. It's my nerves. It's the electricity that inhabits my flesh. Right. Um, so, you know, we know that through science that that is a thing, you know, that's what nerves are. When I'm walking down the street, I've been practicing, like, having my aura be with me, even if the train is coming and I'm, like, wait for it. And in those moments, or my aura is, like, trying to be somewhere else, I've really been working on actively just being okay with exactly where my body's at. So as I was listening to the new album, there was a lot of spoken word segments about aura and, and healing and pain. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, 
There's been so many far out conversations that Cal and I have had over the years. So I've kind of gotten in the habit of recording these stream of consciousnesses. That's all of that wavy stuff has been, you know, when basically five years ago when Cal was diagnosed with cancer and I got sober, we had a huge dramatic life change. It was really scary and we immediately attempted to change our whole outlook on everything and we didn't attempt it, kind of just naturally happened. But then those changes were gradual over time, and a lot of it involved, you know, meditation and having more regular spiritual practices of like different rituals, of like lighting sage and these different things, of ways of kind of getting centered uh, and dietary stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was a massive shift. So you mentioned how um, Cal's cancers had changed your outlook. How did that reflect in the music? For me, I think cancer was a rebirth of sorts. It really rocked me to my core and and stripped away so many illusions that I had about myself and the world. And it required me to be much more present in the moment, which is a really good state for being creative and making music. So I think that for this album, that's, that presence is reflected in a much more uh, openness to my own creativity and into collaborating and to just having an excited feeling about composing and recording. Yeah, I mean, that whole time and what's proceeded since then has, for me personally, has forced me to confront so many things without the medicine, my self-medication of getting wasted every night. And in confronting those fears, I was able to actually begin to heal and work through them. And you can hear that in the music. You can hear when... Doubt assails every artist and every musician. I don't know a single musician or artist, whether they're small or huge, that doesn't get assailed with like, I might suck, what is this, like, uh, are people going to like it, and all that stuff. And, you know, you don't want that in the creation process, you know. Uh, And working through that stuff, I think just it, it helped free us. Just circling back to the first question about completing your your uh, your first decade in music, where do you see your second decade going? I hope to stay on this path of writing music that comes straight from our hearts and putting it out into the world in a way that encourages others to be creative and that promotes inclusivity and kind of a spirit of self-awareness and, and healing. <laughs> that Those might be big words, but... I like to share what I'm going through and with the world, and it's a really, I feel really lucky to be able to do so. That's a great answer. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, it's hard for me to, uh, to think of the next 10 years. I feel like my feelings about what I want to do fluctuate wildly from month to, or week to week. You know what I mean? So to me, it's just like, how do I stay in the day and be present? And I know I want to keep staying. I want to keep going to meditation retreats and staying centered in, in, in that practice and yeah, continuing writing and recording and just getting better and better at the craft and see what happens. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today. This is Bradley Morgan with Alex and Cal from Rubble Bucket for Chirp Radio. Thank you so much, Bradley. In love despite last night At times sublime But we keep falling backwards Oh, the things that hide In the sun Holding pattern There is an open sky That you could
If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.